Howdy ho. Ah, sorry, Adam, can I ask you something? Sure. Can I ask you to take a picture so I will send it to my girlfriend so she will not be too pissed I didn't call tonight? <laughs> okay. Man, no, for all of us, not can only Lily. Same for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> same reason. Hello and welcome to the Little Film Podcast. My name's Adam and with me tonight we've got Ollie. Hello. Patrick. Hi. And making his first appearance on the podcast, Romain. Hey guys. I'm French. <laughs> I was wondering how long uh, yeah, it would be before. The accent alone, people would have been, there's something, something French about this guy. Regular listeners to the podcast may be wondering where Dave is. Well, Romain said he was available tonight, so Dave axed straight yeah. away. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, obviously we're talking about us tonight, but I don't know what, I saw him run out of the cinema about halfway through. Never saw him come back, so. No, yeah. True. I heard crying and shrieking outside, but yeah, there's the sound of a car. A scaredy cat. This is a bit of a, a, a first for us, this episode of the podcast, because normally we go and see a film, we have a few days to kind of digest it, to organise our thoughts, come back and record uh, on another day, but we've literally come straight from the cinema to the studio, if by we can call Chinese. this a studio, via <laughs> the Chinese, um, to, uh, to record tonight. So yeah, we're just kind of, we're, we're fresh, we're going straight into it, and as you've mentioned, Ollie, we're, we're talking about the film Us. We're uh, fresh, we're full, and we're ready. Fresh, we're, full, we're too full. Yeah, we're very full. We're fresh, we're bloated. We're uncomfortably fresh. We're sleepy. Uncomfortably full and sleepy. Uh, but we're ready to go. Yeah. So Us is the new film from Jordan Peele, who of course made Get Out. And I love the way Adam's just like, yeah, it's Jordan Peele who, uh, of course, made the film Get Out. Adam hasn't seen Get Out, so. It's <laughs> <laughs> like how I'm always talking about the ending of the movie Seven. Yeah. One of the great endings in cinema. Watched it about a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> Went shut up about it. Jordan Peele, who, of course, made the film yeah. Get Out. Yeah. Famous for that their sketch show as well, Peele and Key, that Bath's a great fan of. Yeah, although it's a bit strange, actually, because... Yeah, he is he's, he is famous as a an actor, a performer from that sketch show. I've been watching a show called Life in Pieces, a sitcom, and he has a kind of recurring role in that as this really like goofy character. Mm. And it is strange in a way that these are the films he's making. Yeah, it is a, a horror film. Again, you guys had to pretty much drag me to the cinema to watch this one. Yeah. But I made it through, survived. You did? Brave little soldier. Um, so well. we're... We'll come on to that. But <laughs> yeah. You sort of made it through. Yeah, because they heard some cries and subbing. Yeah. <laughs> Not just that, but he, he, you saw a lot of the inside of your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's not a jacket it's a hoodie and i was just pulling the hoodie very pulling the hood but it's like a snoot very tight around my face it's funny because i literally was just talking to ollie before and i was like yeah i wasn't really that scared actually it wasn't too bad but um yeah. my hood would beg to differ yeah we should have taken a photo actually yeah that would have been great that could have been the graphic for this yeah. week's one <laughs> <laughs> instead of the actual film yeah the artwork um Okay, well, we're going to get into it now. Uh, I should say up top, as always, that uh, we do these reviews with spoilers. So this is uh, going to be a review for people who have seen the film. Uh, but we start, as always, with uh, a synopsis, just a recap from 
the online movie website RottenTomatoes.com. Haunted by an unexplainable and unresolved trauma from her past and compounded by a string of eerie coincidences, Adelaide feels her paranoia elevate to high alert as she grows increasingly certain that something bad is going to befall her family. After spending a tense beach day with their friends, the Tylers, Adelaide and her family return to their vacation home. When darkness falls, the Wilsons discover the silhouette of four figures holding hands as they stand in the driveway. Us pits an endearing American family against a terrifying and uncanny opponent, doppelgangers of themselves. That's tautology, isn't it? You can't have a doppelganger of someone else. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Well, it could have been like the four people on the driveway could have been like doppelgangers. Doppelgangers <laughs> of just people they hadn't met. In yeah. which case, they'd be, they wouldn't know they're doppelgangers. So there'd be, there'd be nothing creepy <laughs> yeah, like, other than there were people on their drive. It's just like, I don't know, Donald Trump and yeah. Jason Statham yeah, yeah. on the driveway. Yeah. But also, yeah, the doppelgangers would have to explain that they were doppelgangers, which would make it much less scary. <laughs> it would have been, yeah, a, a more long-winded version of the film, but it is, yeah. it's doppelgangers of themselves. Um, Ollie... You're gonna yes, Adam. <laughs> you're gonna give us the scores from uh, from the the critic websites just to give us a flavour of what people have been saying about it. Okay, so IMDb seven point six, uh, Metacritic eighty one percent, and Rotten Tomatoes ninety four percent. Ninety four, pretty high. Yeah, Patrick doesn't think, look convinced by that. that. I think that's right. Yeah, ninety four percent tomato meter. <laughs> getting an idea of Patrick's score from certified his, fresh from his reaction well let's hear it then we need to give our scores out of 10 that's what people listen to this podcast for and then they immediately turn it off so I don't know why we, why we <laughs> then bother with the rest of the chat um, right out of 10 who wants to let's start with Ollie I think I'm going to go for a 6.5 me 7.5 wow Wow. Wow. I'm quite surprised Uh, about that. Wow. (laughs) Patrick? Four. Wow. 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 (laughs) That's interesting. I didn't didn't see that coming. Well, I did see that coming immediately prior, but I didn't see it coming before before the recording. I'll go with the seven. Okay. Solid. Mm. Do you want to know Dave's? Yeah, go on then. I'm going to let each of you guess what you think think Dave gave it. Pat, what do you think Dave gave it? I was sitting next to him, so I saw a few reactions, but I think maybe like a six. Yeah, I would bet on the six as well. Well, you were saying as we came out of the cinema, we were wondering what Dave's score is. It's either a six or a seven. <laughs> yeah. If he hated it, if he really detested it and wants his money back, it's a six. And film of the year, seven. Go on, Ollie. What, did you, what do you think Dave gave it? Oh, he, he had quite a long discussion with you about it, which to me maybe suggests five. he didn't like it, so maybe a five. Uh, he gave it a 5.5. 5. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So in a way, we're both right. Yeah. And also both wrong. Yeah. Okay. Who wants to start here? Well, Adam, I think we should start with you because I'm really surprised at your score because I it sounded like you enjoyed it. Yeah. And so you gave it the highest score? Yeah. 7.5. Yeah. Wow. And you changed. Eight, so, movies. so I guess you liked it on an intellectual point of view. And yeah. A, 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 pretentious a, a, little society weasel. Society criticism point of view. <laughs> yes, exactly. I am the intellectual of the group and that's, yeah. um, that's very Snob. much... Snob. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, okay. So... I, as we've established on this podcast, do not like horror movies at all. So if we're talking about enjoyment, I would definitely rate it lower. But I did try and I tried to approach it from a like, is it achieving what it's trying to achieve? Although, as I said to Ollie, you know, I wasn't scared. But it was a bit of a it was a bit of an ordeal. And I wouldn't say I like 
enjoyed it. But I think it's quite effective at doing what it sets out to do. But then as we talked about on the Halloween review we did, one of the kind of criticisms from critics of that film, the the new version of Halloween, um, is that it's very derivative and it's like, it's stuff that's been seen before, it's been done before a thousand times. But as someone who's seen about eight horror films in my life, mm. that doesn't really apply to me. So I don't know whether part of this is that I thought it was really good at doing what it sets out to do in the sense that like I thought it was quite good at making you tense and uncomfortable and those kind of jump scare moments but then I'm quite susceptible to that and I haven't you know where Ramah here watches horror films to lull him to sleep so <laughs> <laughs> so you may have had a different experience in that sense what did you think of it Ramah? There's different criteria for me first one because I've seen like Hundreds and hundreds of horror movies. And I think it does quite a good job as, as, as showing stuff I've never seen before. Like showing the evil doubles of a whole city I've not seen that before. The images in the subway, like Tarkovsky style of all the rabbits were quite unusual. Um, it's one of the first almost fully black people crowded horror movie I see. So that there's a lot of stuff I had never seen before. I thought the cinematography was really good, that the images were looking really amazing that the color grading was fine because <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, yeah. I i work in this so i like this and then on the uh, for me but i may be wrong because I, I i i didn't read anything about it and i didn't see the trailer but it's kind of a remake of light of, of the Divi uh, night of the living dead for me in the sense that you have all these clues about what's um fake people in America look like, like going at the beach, the guy are a bit chubby, like they eat a lot, they're all nice to each other, they're listening to the Beach Boys, blah, 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 blah. There's this kind of fake commercials of what's cool around the world, people holding hands, fake charity stuff. And then I get the sensation that these people are actually their repressed feelings about what's wrong in America and that it suddenly comes out and that they have to confront it. And for me, the t-shirt, the thriller t-shirt, because the girl gets a thriller t-shirt at the beginning. And that's what the um, music video is about. People turning in a monster at night. So this is my view of the, of the movie. If that's the case, if, if it's the real view of the stuff, I, I kind of like it because it, it's a modern remake. Uh, then there's the twist at the end, which contradicts a bit this theory. Yeah. So that's very confusing. Well, we might come back to the twist, <laughs> yeah. but Patrick, it sounds like you weren't so keen what did you think of it well i'll start with the twist which I, I i found the twist extremely obvious do you want to just explain what the twist is i know yeah, we said this is a spoiler the, review. the the setup is that the girl at the start um wanders off when they're at the the fun fair, fair. Fair, the fun fair um kind of yeah, at night and she heads down to this spooky place and sees this doppelganger in um in a kind of hall of mirrors and then, doppelganger of herself it's worth yeah, yeah. <laughs> not of someone else yeah um yeah i mean it, fr i think more or less from that moment i wondered well is she the one that made it out the clues were too uh heavy-handed i think because the mother she's like acting very animalistically when she's like attacking the doppelgangers and like more than they are in a way so i thought that that might well be the case and so when it when it happened it was a bit disappointing, I think. And then I had that sense, which I just don't want to have in a movie where I f wasn't particularly engaged. And then I was thinking like, there has to be something that will, like if, if there's some incredible 
reason or some great plot line that'll come that'll emerge at the end then potentially be salvaged but it, it then it gets sort of later and later and i'm thinking and then it just for me didn't really happen although rabbits are having a moment <laughs> <laughs> after watching the favorite <laughs> that could be the cold open so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was what was the deal with the rabbits i didn't quite understand well i think the significance well, of them i'm i there's probably more sophisticated than this but i just you think of experimentation on rabbits and cloning ah um, I, w- i was thinking uh, alice in wonderland yeah. i was thinking everybody has his own rabbit you know because i can alice what she does is that she goes in her uh, in her conscience and dark sides when she visit the, the little down the rabbit, the rabbit yeah and i was thinking that this is the representation of everybody's bad feelings and Uh, bad emotions so for, for me the rabbit was this kind of stuff that's okay. interesting I mean, maybe it's it could be both as well it's really up the level of the podcast isn't it having yeah. Roma here instead of Dave <laughs> Dave can't talk about Dave would be like oh so. there's no tits in it <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna love that line isn't he <laughs> <laughs> uh, think, was it also I mean maybe this is a yeah this is a more um, straightforward point but with the, the rabbits as well they were just like caged Just the idea that those doppelgangers underground were, were just like, caged. they're sort of yeah. prisoners, aren't they, in a, in a sense, um, in a different kind of cage. The, what you're saying about the twist ending is interesting because I almost had like the opposite feeling to that in that maybe I just wasn't, you know, maybe it was just going over my head. But Or you couldn't see it because you had your jumper over your face. That's also a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel that it was telegraphed quite the reverse i felt it felt almost like an afterthought to me like it felt like it didn't make sense that she was the the doppelganger i don't think it quite does no. but it was a mixture of both of those things i thought that the clues were there but that then it didn't quite work the uh i was reading up just before when uh i found a few seconds before again coming to the to do the pod but they, they were saying that um there's a lot of clues throughout the film which are like very subtly placed in uh, to do the color red because obviously they're wearing red jumpsuits. When she's captured, the last thing you see eating is like a bright red apple. There's the red on the, um, the sweetheart on, t-shirt. On, on the t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. So there's this idea that it's telling you throughout the film that the, that the swap has happened because this girl is like, that's the color that sort of represents the whole thing. I suppose the other, the other possible kind of signpost or, you know, clue in that she's the doppelganger is that she's the only one of the doppelgangers that can actually speak all the others just kind of scream or bellow or don't make a sound at all like a yeah, little bit of she has a reminiscence of language she does have not a proper voice but she has a voice but i have to say that's one of one of three things that i've written down that i didn't like about the film one is that the twist to me felt a bit like an afterthought Another is Elizabeth Moss, which we'll come back to. Yeah. Uh, but the third is the voice. The of voice. The other one. The, like, ah, I thought. It. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like it was silly. To, and it it yeah. was quite distracting. Took me out of the the moment. The one or two other bits, which um, the part where the dad is fighting his doppelganger and he kind of turns on the engine is kind of. The, I I don't think the film was coherent in its tone because that's almost like something from piranha 3d or something it's just like a kind of classic gore horror movie thing where it's just like someone in a propeller something i find tricky is to 
look at this film just on its own uh, merits or flaws because I can't help but compare it to Get Out as well, which I think I found the the characters in Get Out a lot more human, uh, certainly, and like the main the the character played by how do you say his name um, Daniel Kaluuya? Yeah. No, no, Kaluuya. 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 Yeah. yeah. But he was brilliant in Get Out, I think. And he's very, he's doing in Get Out what like Tim does in The Office, which is like, he's the one kind of you know, like, you know, looking, looking, at the looking camera. to the camera being like, what, what like, what's going on here? And with this film, I didn't find the characters very, I didn't, I, uh, there's uh, no uh, warmth. They were just, they were, they weren't very, they were quite skin deep, I thought. I and thought like, Gabe I was good. I thought, I thought he, like the dad, I thought he was, but he was quite MVP. Uh, but I didn't find them, I, I didn't, the humour didn't work for me as well. Like the, I, I, I There think, wasn't really any... I think that's the humor. point. Because uh, you have this fanfare, which is all about fake. You have this uh, all these characters. Honestly, the dad is a victim. Like, he, when he saw this double, he's like... Aah! Whereas you punch him. But he's a victim, <laughs> fucking victim. Um, and everything is kind of fake. They listen to the beat boys. Their their friends are fake. Everything is fake. So I have the feeling it's normal that we don't really get attached to them. That they're supposed to look fake, like the society they're in, like the fake mm. commercials at the beginning, and that what we get to see after is all the repressed feelings and the real savagery of the people who are under, which is there. But that that's my interpretation. But I I have, I have this feeling that the fake part mm. is made on purpose. And also because Get Out was one of the first horror movies to be nominated for an Oscar in the last decade, I think. And it was a society crit- criticism, mm. actually. I think that he tried to make the same thing again and to make a kind of criticism of society. That's, interesting. That's an interesting point, though, because if, if that is the intention, that to have these characters that are quite sort of cold and difficult to empathise with or whatever, like that might be effective and he like might have pulled that off. But does that actually make for... It's like that might be an interesting sort of commentary, but does that make for a good film? Because actually, as a film viewer, you want to connect with root, the characters root, root and, and read someone. For people. Because especially as as basically you're given the choice, you're given the choice between the two versions of the same people, and the other ones are even more cold and unfeeling. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in terms of like, I know you don't like this question, Patrick. Like how scary it was, <laughs> but no, just that, that like, yeah, I've obviously given it a higher score than you guys, and I I do think it was quite it it did quite a good job of doing what it was trying to do as a horror film in making it tense and stuff. And there were, there were a few like quite chilling moments or just actually the fact like the whole kind of theme of it, it's, just, it's, it's quite a terrifying thought actually, the, the doppelganger idea. And yeah. like that moment at like near the beginning where they see the four of them on the driveway and they don't yeah. realize who mm. it is yet, but you as the audience know who it is like that. That's quite chilling. And just like the kind of running thing with the scissors, like yeah. I, I hate scissors. <laughs> like, I hate, I hate any, like anything like that. Is Are you only allowed those safety ones? <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh. oh no, this is us. Not the scissors and spoons. <laughs> and there's one moment which I said to you, Oli, um, there's one moment that actually I thought was quite shocking and unpleasant. Uh, Elizabeth Moss crawling along? No. Well, just the bit just before that where Elizabeth Moss' family are like, they think there's somebody outside and they are like looking oh, right. out the window and then the they turn around the and the top. two girls just appear on the yeah. top and the dad says like, uh, can I help you? Or something like that. He's like, yeah. whoa, whoa. And then they just all get killed immediately. Like that was quite, I was quite like, whoa. Hmm. At that bit. The, did you notice that the film portrayed female characters a lot more positively than the male characters? Yeah. So, so the, 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 the main, it was it Gabe? Mm-hmm. He, he's, useless really yeah uh, i mean yeah. the thing is they're useless this is another bit of an issue 
So it's a horror film, and you're supposed to be this threat, right? They're useless, but they all survive. Uh, as so in, as in, of the main of the main characters, like so. So not not the mother; she's a bit more useful. But like the others, they're they're horribly outmatched by their doppelgangers in pace and aggression and all that stuff. But they sort of bum, bumble their way um, through and kind of survive. So Elizabeth Moss's husband, as well, you know, she literally talks about like, oh, he's completely useless. I hate him. He's a bastard, and he just seems useless as well. So uh, I was reading as well that. Um in America, there's a lot of like whooping and cheering in screenings and things when there's a there's a happy ending, there's a good ending. They said it was strange with this that when Adelaide kills her doppelganger, it was like a weird sort of silence. It wasn't like a because you weren't quite rooting for her because you were kind of sympathising with her doppelganger side as well. So there wasn't that like right. clear hero, if you like. It was a you, you did feel for the doppelgangers that they're they've lived this life underground and you know but then as you were saying earlier I, I feel like that's quite flimsy that whole mm. concept it's like it's quite vague but also is is the whole concept not rather vague um like the, the actual like what what's actually going on well that, you know, that's what i mean like yeah, the and, intro text with the tunnels as well yeah and so like the whole thing of like who these people actually are and then also when she does have that fight with her doppelganger, it's like the fact that the one who's like writing on the drawing on the blackboard is not saying that she's that she was the original. Yeah, like, I, I just don't. Quite well, that's see what how that's what I mean about like it, it felt like an afterthought because it just that scene doesn't make sense to me mm. if she was the original. But then I suppose, as Carl Pilkington says, how would I know which one her was? Like maybe she's forgotten yeah. i don't know yeah i, th- I think she, she has forgotten maybe she maybe. forgot but when she kills so when the supposedly good kills the supposedly evil she laughs very weirdly and she starts making the noises like yeah, yeah. that's and true the, yeah. and then you can see that there's something weird about yeah. her so yeah. you start understanding that they may have swapped presumably she adelaide repressed that memory that she had from her childhood so she grew up as as she thought just to be a, new, a normal she had no recollection of what where she'd previously lived it was just a repressed memory which obviously she was dealing with throughout the film but that might be the idea but yeah to me that didn't sort of work for me i just mm. found it a bit like well hang on if she's if she's the doppelganger like how how does the rest of the film make sense but coming back to the like the concept and like who these people are and where they live and stuff is it uh, going back to something that we've talked about sometimes before which is like explaining stuff mm. often ruins it like yeah, but, it was mm. to me it was like creepier and scarier when they first turn up you don't know who they are where they've come from it's just like these doppelgangers have turned up that's a scary idea but once you start explaining like oh yeah everyone's got a doppelganger they live in this in these tunnels underground and mm. there was one of them managed to get untethered and and organize them to go up like that suddenly is like less interesting it just feels a bit like it doesn't really work well what's what's strange with that is that it, this was there was the uh, i was making that point about bird box uh, which is that you don't find out what this malevolent force is but i don't think the film suffers at all for that because, but I think that works a lot better because I believe in sort of human fallibility and the limits of human intelligence and stuff. So when people talk about, oh, like what would an alien be like? Um, people think of like something which basically looks human with, with like yeah. a bigger 
head and it's green and stuff like that. It's like, why couldn't it be just like a whole different experience or something or some sort of force that no one understood? Um, so in that sense, and, and then I was talking about how that force in Bird Box is like, it's almost like a glimpse of, it could be like a glimpse of paradise, something which makes people then immediately kill themselves to attain it. Or it could be something that immediately like depresses them beyond belief. That was intriguing. Whereas if you then have millions of humans living underground, it's sort of in practicality terms, it's just a bit like, I don't really, I, I, I can't suspend disbelief it's suspension that far. disbelief, yeah, I was going to say. But I don't, uh, so, mm, regarding what you say for Bird Box, there's mm. been a kind of wave of films this, uh, happening this way in the last like five years. The first, the very first one was Phenomenon by, uh, I don't know to say his name. Night Shyamalan. John Travolta. Oh, you mean the one with John Travolta? No, with Mark Wahlberg. Phenomenon. Old, uh, in French, it's phenomenon. Is it the ha- It's the nature. Oh, the happening. The happening. And then there was, uh, so there's Bird Box, but there's also uh, A Quiet Place. There's Cargo. There's This Is How It Ends. So this is kind of a wave this mm. last two years, this kind of movies. But I really get the feeling that this one is a criticism of society. And I have the feeling that this place underground is not a real place because the only person who goes there is this black lady. She goes to the mirror room when she's a kid and she goes there as an adult, but nobody else goes there. So I'm not even sure the place is real. I, 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 I you mean I, that she's just, it's in her mind. Yeah, I think it's a kind of fantasy. Uh, also, she has, her son goes there as well, doesn't he? Jason. Yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 you're, yeah. You're, 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 you're right. You're what was right. the deal with Jason's scarring on his face? The doppelganger. The doppelganger, yeah. because I thought it might, because the. Jason, the, the real Jason, throughout the film has got that light that he's constantly. So, so I think it's, but, but it's my interpretation, and I may be totally wrong, but I think it's the extreme version of themselves. And if the little Jason, the normal one, likes to play with this broken stuff, it makes that the worst version of him, the, the savage vers- version of him, is kind of a pyroman. And then it, he would have burned himself, maybe. Which is, which is what he does at the end. He burns himself. Because what you have with that parallel, the parallel events going on below. So I, I thought that was probably one of the more effective images, was kind of the mirror mm. of, of the upstairs mm-hmm. world, but downstairs, but kind of horribly skewed. There's rather a good bit where it was a couple and one of them, you know, they're having a meal and one of them's like, giving the other one some of their food and it's like a sort of cliche of romantic a date and then in the version downstairs it's like that but they've got this plate of what looks like sort of intestines or yeah. tripe or mm-hmm. something like that and it's kind of they're trying to emulate that it's horrible and the, all the people around them are mad but I was just sort of I was enjoying it but without trying to figure out really like what what's going on there all well, these like yeah. insane people in a room kind of wandering about and I feel like that would have worked better if they hadn't tried to or it seemed to me to try try to make it to try to explain it, try and make it like make it so that you can understand the mechanics of how this works. Because if it had just been the case that there's this like parallel dimension or something where this is happening, this mimicking's going on, for me with the suspension of disbelief, I'd have just been like, oh, okay, fine. But as you mentioned earlier, like the text that comes up in the, at the start about the tunnels and the disused subway lines and stuff the idea that this is a real place that's like just underground where there's presumably billions of and no doppelgangers. And found it. Yeah, that people wouldn't have found out. It's like, that doesn't work. Like That that to me kind of I think it would have been more effective the... if he hadn't put that text in at the start. Mm. Yeah. 
That's the text which is really weird. We, because you can assimilate the tunnel as the, weird, the, the dark place of your mind. But the fact that he really says that it's real place that you never go to, but it exists and it's infrastructure, yeah, it's really strange. weird. Do you know what it's yeah. like as well? It's it, that, that also, I think, I think it's the phrase again, it is a bit heavy handed because I don't know if you, you I, I imagine you saw the movie, the Michael Haneke movie, The White Ribbon. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, very, I, it's very a fun, famous it's, one. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's funny in a way because I remember it came out while I was at university and I was like, would anyone like to come to the cinema with me? Like, what are you seeing? Well, it's, it's black and white uh, movie about pre-Nazi Germany um, in German. It's about three hours. It's just <laughs> stunning, <laughs> stunning silence. It was actually really good. It's a very good movie, but somewhat ruined by the fact that the story's there and you take from it like what you will about the sort of attitudes um, of pre-Nazi Germany. But then at the start of the movie, it basically says like, look at these events. Like they shed light on what would then happen in Germany about obedience and about all. And it's just like, well, it's a bit, it's a little bit, I don't know. Yeah. yeah heavy handed. A bit clunky. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of my other things that I sort of didn't like about it, I mentioned, yeah, the, the twist at the end, um, the voice. And then the other one is Elizabeth Moss. Mm. I just don't really get Elizabeth Moss. Like a lot of people think. Who, who is Elizabeth Moss? She's the one, uh, the From one. Mad Men. The one who plays the, 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 you know the family they meet on the beach. Ah, the the, the blonde man, one. The yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. But she sort of she has this reputation now because she's obviously in Hamid's Tale. She's in Top of the Lake and loads of stuff now, isn't she? And like she, she's a lot of people seem to think she's like one of the best actors in the world. And like, I just don't think she's very good at all in anything. I think like, she's good yeah. in Top of the Lake, and she's good in Mad Men she's, as well. She's okay in Top of the Lake, but she, I don't know, she just, I, I can annoying. sort of see yeah. her acting. Yeah, the, in this one, I could as well see yeah. that she was the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a, a bit of use, kind of good. Uh, one. good imitation. Of yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just you, you can sort of see her thinking about how she's going to, like, how she needs to set her face at, you, at this moment. Um, uh, just uh, sorry, I'm again using the phrase, but heavy-handed as well. Slightly with the, you know, it's like Eddie Izzard talking about. It's like you watch a really budget horror movie. You've got a certain soundtrack. You watch like a better one. It's got all the like. Uh, but in this one, it literally had the kind of like, do, re, mi, yeah, do, yeah, yeah. and it's like, yep. But as you talk about like doing something original, it's not, it's quite clunky, I thought, or, mm. it, and yeah, a bit on the nose, bit on the nose just, yeah. just do something a bit different. It, maybe. Was, it was a bit, so I, I got the feeling it was like what you say, yeah. But a bit, a bit mixed with the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack. So um, yeah, mm. and then there was this kind of violence every time it was getting intense, mm. which mm. reminded me a bit of uh, Hannibal, minimalistic, weird music. I think it was trying to do something original, but at the end it's not so original. Mm. But it was not so bad. Mm. Some of your criticisms or the criticisms of the other film, little film podders for Hereditary were regarding the end of it. But, but what you all said was that <clears throat> much of it seemed original and interesting and weird and creepy. And then the last part, it descends into sort of traditional horror movie fare. But surely there was lots of traditional horror movie fare within this, as in, you know, when they're in the house and then they're trying to escape. Oh, definitely. One, yeah. one of them's hiding in the cupboard. And it's just like, yeah, they're doppelgangers. But uh, again, that's not massively original. And then it's just a chase and uh, a slasher mixed with something, a film which is a really tough watch and isn't a horror film really, but the, there's a the, the movie uh, Funny Games, which the is another Michael, Haneke, um, another Michael Haneke one. Well, the original one, the one okay. that's in like okay. uh, 
it's in German or something, but it's a movie because he's angry at horror movies or he's angry at things because it just, it's like this movie, but it's just with ordinary horrible people just going to someone's house and just killing a family, but like in broad daylight, saying that the viewer yeah, is yeah. kind of guilty in what's going on. Mm. But it's complicit. It's, say, it's doing all, it's, you know, it's, that is what's scary in funny games is that it is happening in the person's home. It's an invasion and all this stuff. So, but they are, they're, 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 they are well-worn horror tropes. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it was it was absolutely just a kind of standard horror film, wasn't it? Mm. But then in a way, if you do it well, is there anything wrong with that? No, but then, okay, so I didn't see it, but the Halloween, like the original Halloween or something, or any number or Scream or something like that, like Scream is much scarier than this yeah. uh, in terms of yeah. someone being yeah. in hostage. And that. I mean, that's it's terrifying. Like when we were younger and you, you watch that and kind of in a way plausibility of it yeah, I, I agree that it wasn't scary for me this one but also because uh, I've seen tons and tons, and tons. So you've seen every horror film yeah. ever made <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I didn't have any jump scare I was not very no. like uh, intrigued by, or, or uh, shocked by the scissors or by the stuff on the head or by the golf uh, Mm. What do you say? Golf, golf club. Yeah. So it, it was it was not really scary. Yeah. The music, the girl dance. So there's the girl dancing versus the girl dancing. The scene which mm. looks a bit like Black Swan and a bit like Reservoir Dogs. You know, uh, <laughs> when the two it's are. It's a dancing. good comparison. Yeah. 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 <laughs> say Roman can have a high score for his uh, pod debut. You mean that we don't score each other? No, no, but as his, he's <laughs> oh, very strong. Yeah. Behind your back, we do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ten, ten. I, I don't know. Ten. Do you think if uh, Roman had done film studies at college, he would have got a prize? I mean, uh, he would have been in the top yeah, five. Definitely. No, top five, yeah, definitely. Top five. Dave was number seven, wasn't he? The Dave, I think eight or nine, yeah. maybe. Wait, did Dave win a prize or did he not win a prize? Dave didn't win one. No. no. no I near. think he made one for himself. That's what I heard <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> The, did you like uh, Lupita? That's that's a question. Because she was Oscarized. The main actress. Yeah, she was yeah. Oscarized not a long time ago for Twelve Years a Slave, and the young, youngest actress I think to get an Oscar at the time. Uh, did, did you like her in the I movie? I thought I thought she was really good, and yeah. also like she was playing who? The main character. Main character Adelaide. Adelaide. Right. Okay. But I, I mean, kudos to all the actors really because they were all playing effectively two parts, weren't they? They were playing themselves and the doppelganger, who were completely different incarnations of them so I, I thought yeah ja overall the performance was very good particularly yeah well i thought she was very good as like the quote-unquote real or what we think is the real character but as the doppelganger as in the red jumpsuited yeah. one i thought she wasn't very was good it, i see i thought she was really good but did, what is the voice you just had beef with the it voice was, you know it's like it was like bane wasn't it yeah. <laughs> but then she started you do know it was that that it was because she hadn't been speaking while no, the ground so her vocal cords were like I understand why they made that decision, but it just sounded ridiculous. Yeah, as as she started speaking, I was like, um, this is going to walk a, a tightrope. And then I think she fell off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, no, I mean, I think it, had been, it's, it was an extremely difficult job as an actor to pull off doing that voice, as was Bane or something. The thing with the thing with Bane was that when it's just snippets, it wasn't bad. But then the scenes where it's like a whole speech, you know, he's like on top of the car and he's like giving a whole speech and just it just becomes really laughable. It just went on a bit yeah. with this character. And also because I basically found the doppelganger version of the main character quite boring, kind of by definition, because they have fixed expressions. Like they have this sort of smile and then they kind of just 
they're really persistent and just follow you and follow you. I, a bit, I like a bit that. Like, I find creepy. A bit, a bit like my criticism of like Kylo Ren. Or it's just that they're also just not very good. They're not very scary. They're not, you know, they don't win. They're not very None of good the main at doing what they're trying to do. Family members get hurt. And there's so many situations where they easily could have just... That it was, it was, it was Austin Powers in its kind of, she's right there, you yeah. have the scissors, I was gonna say, why yeah. are you going out of the room? It was a bit problematic in like, when it was convenient for the film to kill one of the characters, they did, but when, when it wasn't, they didn't. So like, when it was the main character that they had at their mercy, they didn't kill them. Like when she gets, when they're in the Elizabeth yeah. Moss house and the Elizabeth Moss doppelganger just chains her to the bed. Yeah. Like yeah, comes yeah, over yeah. with the scissors like at her throat and then yeah. goes, man, nah, no, no, no. Whereas as you say, the other family is just immediately dispatched. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like, well, what, why are you keeping mm -hmm. some of these ones alive longer? Because, yeah, it's like, well, because they're the main characters yeah. <laughs> essentially, isn't it? One thing I did really like, although I thought the twist at the end wasn't very good, I thought the final shot moving across the landscape and then you see the 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 hands across america like you see the the red figures kind of sort of stretching across like kind the, of yeah. the great wall of china across the country i thought that was really good that was a good shot a and good uh, image and that's the exact opposite of the very beginning when you have this kind of people holding hands in the commercial yeah. saying that life is cool yeah, it was a good sort of um inversion of that subversion yeah. subversion oh, yeah. sorry yeah but um do you feel with all of this stuff that Jordan Peele is the sort of um, thinker who all of these things, like every single thing we're discussing, is carefully thought out. And, and not just it's carefully thought out, but uh, it's weird. I don't know. I wasn't expecting in the slightest to keep bringing up like Michael Haneke. But the, there's a there's an interview which I really liked where um, it's about uh, Cache or hi Hidden. And the interviewer asks him, oh, that scene where, you know, this happens and the guy meets this that person in the cafe does that mean and the director like the person who created the film michael haneke is like oh yeah i hadn't thought of that like um yes it could mm. uh you know so he's not owning he's not owning it he's saying like yes it's not mine anymore so i don't know if you think that jordan peele would actually have like a kind of list for all these what all these things meaning all these things mean rather like you know if, when you read an ian McEwan novel it's so kind of scientifically like a atonement or something it's kind of scientifically made and with all these clever references and stuff like what, what do you think well it's an interesting sort of wider question about art generally isn't it like intention and whether the artist's intention matters if that wasn't the artist's intention but that's how you interpreted it is your interpretation not valid or yeah. you know um, and i remember you know we used to do i didn't do film studies i did real subjects at a level and uh, one of them was uh, uh english literature which i did with you why is he on this board? <laughs> which i did with you patrick but yeah, yeah we used to get frustrated in english that like you'd go through some text in just absolutely forensic detail sort of analyzing every word and like the choice of every word and I, at the time we were like surely some things are just like there because they're there it's not yeah. it's not that they've thought about like the metaphor no there's yeah. a massive yawn from sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's so it's like quite an aggressive yawn <laughs> when he's falling asleep that's the biggest yawn i've ever seen i didn't realize that was quite that boring oh he's gone <laughs> he doesn't give a shit anymore so for your question, I think most of the stuff you create, you don't fully intentionally own, but unconsciously you own. 
But for this one, I really get the feeling that because Get Out was nominated for an Oscar, uh, he was really careful about the next one he was going to do. Yeah. Um, and I think he thought a lot about what he wanted to do. I feel and what like, he wanted to say as well, I think. Yeah, I, I think he was really careful because now he's on the big game. So he had to think it through. And for me, the marvelous scene of what happened in the subway is really close to Tarkovsky's um, I don't know if you've seen this movie what's it called you know it's during the world war uh, and there's people with powers and it's it's a Germans version versus Russians and they're traveling in this fantagorism <laughs> factories with these huge uh, dunes of sand and crows and stuff so it was really taken from that Uh, so I think he tries to um, bring a bit of fantasy to his reasonable, logical thinking uh, in order not to make it too precise and to bring a, 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 being a, a bit of magic. But I think he's out, he's out of it. He's, he's out of everything mm -hmm. very carefully to be nominated again. Ollie, what did you think of it in the end then? How are you ranking it? Because obviously, yeah, I seem to have liked it more than, than anyone else. Oh, yeah. Patrick, not too keen. I mean, I did, I did enjoy it, and I think that, well, for me, it was quite original in that I hadn't seen that kind of execution of a horror film before. I thought some, yeah, some of the story and plotting was a bit flimsy, as we said, and it was just a bit. Meh. What, what, what score did you give it? Six point five. See, my th <laughs> my thinking always. So we always have these contentious things about the scoring, but if it's a, if it's a six point five or it's a seven point five, it's to me, it's just it's it's just not in the same league as Get Out. I mean, it's nowhere near as interesting or... I, I agree with that. Or I kind of um, ambitious or strange or original or comic or scary or anything. Like, it, it literally on no level. Get Out was polemical. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they were taking black bodies because, yeah. Of, you know. So, yeah, it was, it was way more bold. But I just mean in terms of rating, like if it's if something's that much better by the same director and stuff, then there's not that many scores that yeah. are above it to make it, to illustrate that. I mean, like, I think it's another one of those classic cases of watching the trailer first, where, because the trailer was, stupidly watched the trailer, but the trailer was excellent. And I think I built up in my head, built the film up in my head a bit too much. I was expecting a bit too much from it you've got to start, start watching, watching trailers, trailers mate. you've got to I start watching because I think I probably would have enjoyed it more if I hadn't um, but it was some great performances great cinematography original but it was just missing something for me before this sure it was. before the film tonight we were subjected to the Pet Cemetery trailer which you want us to re review on the podcast and Dave wants I wouldn't us watch to that I'm, there's I absolutely no way I'm going to really? see that but, really? <laughs> yeah. but you watched Hereditary I did I wouldn't watch it again but mate, you love horror films actually I think Pet Cemetery <laughs> will be quite disturbing. freakier than Hereditary well I, I said to you I'm not watching Pet Cemetery. you're like really but the book is like the scariest book ever I was like, <laughs> this does not <laughs> persuade me at all but um, yeah we, we were showing the trailer for that Literally the whole film, I think. Yeah. The entire film yeah. is in, the, yeah. is in that trailer. When did that happen? It's almost like, I don't think you can put a date on it, but it did, it's noticeable in the last few years that you see these trailers where it's just actually Four quite minutes. comical. I remember one, 
it was a really weird one. It was like horror and then comedy. It was like with a kind of high school girl or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Oh, we, Happy we, Death Day. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we were watching yeah, it and then we were just I, like, I, I mean, really that's an that. unbelievable amount in the trailer though. Like we just saw like yeah, the whole but, thing unfold. It's, like, it's yeah, the story, in, yeah, but not in, just... Yeah, but in defense for that, trailer there's so much more in the film than that's mm. not in the trailer it's actually it's actually a really good film well that might well be the case because we said the same about the mortal engines trailer as yeah. well but actually you think you've seen like a couple of twists in the trailer but actually they all happen in the first 10 minutes so that might be the case again well, but this, in the pet cemetery one you see john lithgow's character get his um what's it called the backy hill the uh, Achilles. Achilles, yeah sliced on the stairs which is clearly when he dies or something but I don't know why you'd show that. that. I'd stop, show I'd stop that looking. Yeah, I'd stop looking. Adam, are you tempted to watch Get Out now, now that you've seen this one? Uh, yeah, well, I, I wanted to watch Get Out I anyway. think I much prefer Get Out, yeah. actually. Not and least it, because you've told me that it's... And it's not scary. It's not scary. Exactly. It's, not scary. Yeah. No. it's very funny, actually. And it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it get is. Out. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's more sociological. It's yeah. comedy. I've just thought of something, though. Actually, it's hard to talk about it without giving on the way to bath, but there's, okay, I'll try and do it really vaguely. I'll put my fingers in my ears. <laughs> okay, do for a second. There's something you find out in Get Out later on, which then makes what you've watched earlier so brilliant in terms of like how that uh, maid comes across and stuff um, and how she's acting. Yeah. You know, the, the, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the black woman works yeah. there. It's so brilliant. You're like, oh my God, that was a really good impression yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, which this one didn't really do. With the revelation, you're like, oh, hang on, that doesn't really, I don't know, no, not quite not quite the same. I put my hands over my ears, but I still had my headphones yeah. on underneath, so it didn't so really just work. putting your hands over your headphones to, to get even clearer sound. No, it just looks like I'm recording Band-Aid. We were DJing. It was quite <laughs> funny, actually, because um, Dave and I, Dave turned to me while we were watching the Pet Cemetery trailer, and he was like, this is showing too much of the film, I'm going to stop listening to it and watching it. But so Dave and I were just sitting there in the cinema watching a scary trailer, but with our, our, our eyes closed and our hands over our ears. It's <laughs> like kids around, like watching it. It's pathetic. No, it's just because we didn't want to know what happens in the film, that's why. <laughs> I get the feeling at the end of the movie um, that the people who are not killed and who kill their doubles are the ones who are able to connect with their dark emotions. And I have the feeling at the end when she remembers everything in the car, because I think it's a flashback and she didn't remember. And then she looks at the kid and the kid puts finally his mask on, whereas most of the movie it's here. Uh, I get the feeling that he gets dark as well. And that the survivors mm. will be the one who connect with their dark feelings. Mm. I liked the, the guy with long hair who then is sort of in an accident, but when he's standing on the beach, I thought that was a very good bit. The one, uh, one, 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 one. Uh, yes, and and I liked that you didn't see him really. Then you just saw the boy looking at him, and and then you just see his fingertips, which are bloody. I thought that was quite subtle. I like subtlety. I mean, if you, they could yeah. easily have showed his face covered in blood. And yeah, all yeah. Stuff. Is what he's because he has like eleven, eleven, and what's the? Does he have Ezekiel or Jezebel? no Jeremiah? Yeah, I was Jeremiah. just looking it up. Yeah, what, what is, is that? What because is Jeremiah eleven, eleven? Quite, so um, that that's a passage of the um, book, like the Bible yeah, or something yeah. like that. It probably, I'm presumably from the Old Testament, but I don't know yeah. what. Uh, uh, what so the from the King James Bible, there's many different versions of the Bible. I'm discovering from this website, but yeah, that's the one that's in all hotel rooms. The King James Bible, <laughs> <That's> there, <true. laughs> and all good bookshops. <laughs> Actually, it's surprisingly hard to find the Bible in the bookshop. Have you ever found? Have you ever noticed that? Uh, at the Fnac, at the Fnac, uh, <laughs> oh, Fnac, yeah, yeah, Fnac, yeah. <laughs> How many bookshops have you walked into? Like, I, I, I need a Bible, quick! You know, exactly. I was in Waterstones. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where our Bibles are. So this is from the King James Bible. 
Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape, and though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. That's it. That's it, yeah. So there's just not like a bad big stuff's going to happen. Yeah, there's not mm-hmm. a big clue. What were you hoping for? That it'd be like, behold, I shall send doppelgangers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> behold, I shall send doppelgangers. They'll live in the sewers. <laughs> like, that's a weird bit of the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, guys. So I think we, we need to bring this to an end. Yep. What have we got coming up on the podcast, Ollie? Pet cemetery, mate. No, we haven't. <laughs> no, we I think we should. I really yeah, think, we should. I think we should. Come pet, on. Pet cemetery, okay. Dumbo. We, we all, we'll owe you something. Like, you, we'll watch something that you like <laughs> if, if you watch that. The new Barbie film. <laughs> so, you got Pet Cemetery. Uh, You're going to have to find a new host. Hereditary, too. What's Jonathan Ross up to at the moment? Get someone else in. There's Endgame coming as well. New Avengers Endgame, yeah. yeah. Dumbo, Aladdin. Like three Lion Disney films. You love musicals. Mm. Um, All right. Well, lots to look forward to on the podcast then. Yes. Over the next couple of Tons months. Tons of movies. Uh, but until then, that's all from us. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks, Patrick. You Thanks, look- Ramon, for coming on the show. Yeah. No worries. Great yeah. stuff. Great to have you. So much better than Dave. Raise the bar. Should we message Dave now? Hey, Dave. Or- <laughs> just might as well just tell him now. Yeah. Just. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Don't bother, mate. It's over. Yeah. All right. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye. I think we're good to go. I should probably get these. When I kill, it's on the strict instructions of Her Majesty's government. <laughs> and those I kill are themselves. I would us. like to speak about the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, man, that's the only rule. He's not allowed oh, to God. say anything bad about the Queen. I still feel like Patrick needs more volume. No, really? no he doesn't. He needs, needs to get a bit closer. I can't get any closer. Can you up. lift the arm at all? Can you swallow the mic, please? <laughs> <laughs> you just need to... Get a bit closer to it, that's all. You'll be fine. <laughs> 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 so uncomfortable. Is that better? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. I can always turn you off in paste. So tonight I will be creepy, Dave. <laughs> but the, the art direction looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. what's that guy's yeah. name? The 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 main actor in the Pet Cemetery trailer. <sighs> The one who is in uh, oh, yeah. the guy who the guy who likes who looks like Matthew Perry a bit. Oh, what is and his he was name? The, he was in the um, in thing first Armstrong. Man. Yeah. yeah, can't yeah. remember. But his he's name. got a good face as well. He's got a good face for for film. This is good. This is a well informed podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? But I, I get that guy's that in, guy's that, in that, that film. What's his name? Uh... And then she looks at the kid, and the kid puts finally his mask on, whereas most of the movie it's here.
Uh, I get the feeling that he gets dark as well, and that the survivors mm. will be the one who connect with that dark feelings. Mm. Jason Clark. Jason Clark. Oh, he suddenly remembered. <laughs> <laughs>